You are now entering the One Piece Zone. Hello, I'm Alex, your host and navigator on this voyage through the 1016 chapter 96 volume pirate manga series Ichiro Oda's One Piece. I guess I got some housekeeping to, to, to start up with at the beginning of this episode. Uh, you may have noticed it's um, it's been a long time since I did one of these, um, and to be honest, there isn't just really one good reason why it's been taking so long. Um, you know, it's uh, it's hard to uh, keep a keep a good schedule. You know, when you're just you're working, you're busy, you're tired, and you uh, lose momentum on things easily. But I'm here. And uh, I'd like to apologize for the delay, and I will do my best um, not to let it happen again. I hope you loyal listeners are still there with me, and uh, will keep keep with me through this journey, uh, no matter how slowly it may go. Thank you for continuing to listen. Um, another housekeeping note: um, on the last episode, you may have noticed that the audio quality suddenly went to dog shit, um, and the reason for that, I'm realizing now, is that. Between episodes three and four, I bought a nice new webcam, um, and uh, what I didn't realize is that, that webcam had a built-in microphone um, that Audacity uh, defaulted to, um, which I just didn't notice. Rookie mistake. Um, so yeah, I kept an eye on that this time. It looks like, if I'm reading this correctly, that I am pumping or, or, or taking in audio from the right source, my, my nice fancy microphone. I mean... Not that fancy. As fancy as you're going to get for, uh, you know, um, a, a hobby podcaster without a huge amount of disposable income. Um, so anyway, hopefully that problem will be dissolved. Um, I didn't get any complaints last time, but uh, just in case, um, just wanted to let you know what the deal is with that. With that being said... Um, here we are. It's episode five. For whom the bell tolls. Um, wait, is that right? Yes. For whom the bell tolls, and we're uh, let's let's dig right into it. Let's get into those chapters, baby. Start off with chapter thirty-six. After them, this chapter opens um, with Kaya and and Usopp's kitty crew fleeing from Django the hypnotist, who who you know if we remember from the end of last chapter. Um, uh, Kuro has ordered to to kill her or to hypnotize her, sign the will, all that stuff. You know, um, I understand if it's a little fuzzy for you just because it's been so long, but that's that's the deal. Kuro, the uh, the captain, former captain of the Black Cat Pirates, sending his first mate Django off to hypnotize um, rich, um, chronically ill lady Kaya, um, and then kill her. So Usopp, um, you know, obviously wants to run after Kaya um, to protect her from Django. Butchie, the big um, uh, ship guard, tries to stop him, but Zolo easily grabs him, pulls him out of the way. Um, Usopp collapses in, I'm not sure if it's fear or just the injuries he suffered throughout the, the last volume, but he collapses. 
is unable to continue. Um, so Zolo quickly um, takes care of Butchie and grabs Usopp and is going to carry him up the hill and chase after Django and Kaya himself. Kuro was to stand in Zolo's way, but Luffy fires a punch um, to get kind of force Django to let them pass. Django and Luffy go hand to hand. They exchange some blows. Luffy does a really sick spear kick. Um, then Django asks Luffy, why are you willing to die to save this little village? And, and Luffy says there's someone here he doesn't want Django to kill. But more importantly, Luffy isn't going to die. Chapter ends with with Kaya's chronic illness flaring up as um, she's no longer able to run. She's got a fever. Um, so the kitty crew turns around to face Django. They can't run anymore. It's time to fight. No new characters in Chapter 36. Chapter 37, Captain Kuro of the Thousand Plans. So this chapter opens with um, Luffy and Kuro's very cool fight. Um, so Kuro is getting the better of Luffy at the beginning of the fight. He's using his speed to disappear just as Luffy's punches are about to hit. This climaxes with the insanely sick moment of Kuro dodging a punch by jumping uh, up in the air and landing on Luffy's outstretched arm and then running down his arm and kicking Luffy in the face. So obviously, if you remember, uh, Luffy is very stretchy, so his arm is kind of long. So Kuro can get a good run up before kicking him in the face. Very sick. Um, Kuro's like... <laughs> old crew who are still hanging around the bottom of the hill are cheering yeah go captain kuro but then he yells at them not to call him captain anymore he says he hates them and he launches into a monologue about his backstory to explain why he didn't want to be a pirate or their captain anymore so the flashback is basically one day kuro as captain of the black cat pirates uh, just up and decides he's sick of being chased by the navy and getting shot out all the time he rows over to an attacking navy ship all by himself kills everyone on board he gives his captain's jacket to a crew member that vaguely looks like him. Um, has Django hypnotize that guy into thinking that he is Kuro. Kuro picks out a familiar-looking Navy sailor with a broken jaw. Um, so this guy, I'll cover this again later in the podcast, but that's the Captain Morgan from Volume 1. That's how he became a captain. Um, so Django hypnotizes the future Captain Morgan to believing he had captured Kuro. Um, you know, the other hip, the hypnotized guy who thinks he's Kuro. And so... He sends them off together. With that done, Captain Kuro, in the eyes of the world and the Navy, is dead. So Kuro ends this backstory with going, So you see, this is why I can't let you interfere with my plan, or something along those lines. Uh, he charges at Luffy with his finger swords pointing forward. Um, Luffy pulls a giant boulder out of the ground and um, blocks it. So Kuro's swords stab into the boulder. And Luffy does like a little twist with the boulder and uh, snaps all his finger swords off at one finger. Um, the chapter ends with Luffy saying to Kuro, uh, my plans are much bigger than yours, smashing him over the head with a big boulder. Hell yeah. So the only new character this volume is um, Nugure Yenu. Um, so that's the name of the crewmate that Kuro had hypnotized to think he was the captain and sent off to be executed by the Navy. So he was the shipwright of the Black Cat Pirates, as a matter of fact. Only a background character. Chapter 38, Pirate Crew. The chapter opens with Kuro slowly getting to his feet after the humiliation of having half his sword claws broken and being badly beaten. He tells his crew, who were trying to cheer him on, that he is going to kill all of them, and also Django. We transition to Django trying to force Kaya to open her eyes so he can hypnotize her. Uh, the kitty crew appear to be hypnotized and asleep, 
but when Django goes to force Kai's eye opens, they jump in from behind, throw some kind of blinding powder in his eyes, and hit him with a big mallet, and then try to run for it again. The kids try to surprise Django after he like tries to come looking for them by ambushing him, but he sees them coming, grabs Onion, who's one of them, out of the midair, smashes him into a tree. That's not going well. Back at the beach, um, Kuro's crew reacts with terror to the news that Kuro is going to kill them all. That was reasonable. Um, Kuro laughs at them and gives a speech that basically amounts to pirates are worthless lackeys whose only purpose is to die when it is convenient for their captains. Our hero Luffy simply says, even if you had 100 obedient men, you still couldn't beat Usopp. Uh, Kuro asks why, while sneaking behind Luffy and attacking him from behind. Luffy simply flips a backhand behind him and smashes Kuro without looking and says, it's your style. Kuro is so enraged, he activates his out-of-the-bag attack. Folks, we love, a, we love an attack. We love a named attack in particular. Um, his crew, in their terror, helpfully explain that the, he, you know, they give a little explainer on what this attack is because that's just how manga works. He's unleashing his bloodlust and will attack so quickly and randomly that even he doesn't know what he's attacking. He'll just keep going until he's killed everyone around him. So the Black Cat Pirates begin dying as they are sliced by Kuro's invisible claws. He's moving too fast to be seen. The chapter ends with Luffy enraged that Kuro cares so little about his own crew. No new characters. Chapter 39, For Whom the Bell Tolls. The chapter opens with Kuro massacring his own men and Luffy yelling for the pirate to reveal himself. Um, Kuro targets Luffy, who takes some brutal slashes, but just uses it as an opportunity to grab onto the lightning-quick butler and pummel him into the ground. Kuro is enraged that Luffy won't go down. Luffy, he just laughs at Kuro, and just as Kuro goes to make another attack, Luffy wraps himself around Kuro's torso from the front. So, like, um, he's like, uh, stretch Armstrong him around Kuro's arms and chest. So we cut then to Django, Kaya, and the kids. Um, Kaya offers to sign the will in exchange for Django sparing the kids' lives. When he laughs at her, she threatens to kill herself. Um, she's got one of his, like, circle sword things, the chakrams. If he doesn't leave them alone, Django agrees. Kaya signs the will. Django uh, is happy with it. He prepares to kill her. Um, just as she's about to be killed, Usopp and Zola run into view. They're too far away to stop Django in time. Django goes to kill Kaya quickly before they can, he can be stopped, but the brats, the little kids, jump Django. The time it takes for him to throw them off is long enough for Zolo to set Usopp up for a slingshot snipe. So we, before we see the result of the, of the slingshot shot, we cut back to Kuro and Luffy. Luffy has Kuro's arms trapped. He stretches his head back like fucking 30 feet. He lets rip a fucking crazy headbutt. We get a beautiful side-by-side -side of Usopp's exploding slingshot bullet wrecking Django and Luffy's stretched headbutt obliterating Kuro to end the chapter. No new characters. Chapter 40, Usopp's Pirate Crew. Chapter opens with Luffy absolutely demolishing Kuro with a flipping pile driver. Incredible. His glasses are smashed, his face is dripping with blood, and his slick back hair has come unslicked, hanging down in his eyes. The Black Cat Pirates ask in confusion, who are you? Luffy replies, I'm Monkey D. Luffy. You think I'd let a pirate who gave up his name and quit the sea beat me? Remember my name, because I'm going to be king of the pirates. Take a shot. Uh, iconically, he chucks Kuro's lifeless body down to the pirates at the bottom of the hill, yells, take your garbage with you, don't ever come back. 
Um, so then he falls over, um, but he's caught by Nami, which is, it's just a really beautiful moment um, showing kind of how their relationship has grown. You know, he like, he's just like going to collapse with exhaustion and she, and you don't, he looks like there's no one there to catch him. And then she comes in the frame and catches him. It's a really good transition. Um, great. Like, great. Like, you know, the kind of storytelling only comics can do um, to be, to go all Scott McCloud on you. Um, Luffy chats with Nami, um, so he's recovered from fainting from blood loss. And we see in the forest, Zolo sheathing his sword, adjust his permanent bandages. Um, Django lies spread eagle on the ground, beaten. Usopp, bloody-faced, tells the kitty crew to keep the fighting they've done today a secret. He doesn't want the townsfolk to worry about pirate attacks unnecessarily. The kids are mad because they want everyone to know about what a hero Usopp is, but he gets them to agree to keep the secret. We get a montage of all the villagers wondering why Usopp hasn't run through the village doing his pirates are coming thing. Um, Usopp tells Luffy and, and the rest that he's come to a decision. He calls a meeting of the Usopp's pirates, his kitty crew, tells them they fought bravely and that he's thought a lot about the five years they've been crewmates, like since the kids were four years old. We get a cute little um, montage of all the good times they had together, chasing dogs and stuff. It's kind of funny. Um, he says he's going out to sea to become a real pirate. Usopp has the kids recite their life ambitions, um, makes them swear to never give up on their dreams, and an incredible full page spread with everyone bawling their eyes out, Usopp declares the Usopp pirates disbanded. No new characters. Chapter 41, To the Sea. So the, the crew have just finished eating at a local restaurant, um, the, the one that's from the beginning of the arc, uh, when Kaya comes into the restaurant, uh, she lets them know that she's not sick anymore because her illness was caused by the shock and sadness of losing her parents, which, uh, sure, whatever. Um, and then she's like, hey, didn't you guys want a ship? Wasn't that the whole like thing about this arc? We see Usopp in a cute little cottage that he lives in on the top of a hill. It's very picturesque. Um, he has packed all his worldly belongings into a gigantic backpack that is like three times bigger than he is. He tries to leave, but the backpack is too big to fit through the door. He pulls and pulls until he breaks the front of his house and sends himself flying forward. He and the backpack form a ball, um, and they just roll down the hill until he collapses in a heap at the bottom, blood pouring down his face. One of my favorite Usopp panels, or moments, whatever, of all time, with blood dripping down his face, his nose bent at a disgusting angle. Full sicko mode engaged, Usopp says, <laughs> that's nothing incredible stuff honestly kaya's um other butler i don't i don't know what mary's job is but mary um unveils a beautiful new caraval the helpful note tells us this is a kind of uh, sailing ship that was you know big during the age of sail uh mary and kaya are gifting to the crew it is called the mary go in so in the anime it's called the going mary but in the manga it's called the mary go so Giddies. Everybody is very excited to have a ship. Usopp comes rolling down the hill um, like he did before. Zolo and Luffy kind of stick their feet out and like catch him by stopping his momentum with their feet hitting his face. Good stuff. Usopp tells Kaya he's going to sea and starts loading his bags into a shitty, a shitty little dinghy. Uh, when Zolo and Luffy interrupt him and are like, what are you doing? 
get on board our ship because you're part of our crew. Very sweet moment. Usopp is overjoyed. The the Usopp's ex-kitty crew watch him sail away. They wonder up how to cheer up the townspeople now and, and keep things lively in town now that Usopp is gone. Kaya is sad that Usopp is leaving, so Mary tells her a story. When Usopp was a little kid, his mother was dying from an illness, and he burst into her sickbed yelling, Pirates are coming. Claiming that his father had come back with medicine to cure her. He continued to shout that long after she died because he wanted to be true so badly. Heartbreaking. This this shit fucked me up. To be honest, um, rereading this while thinking about this podcast was what made me come up with the uh, the tearjerker o meter to measure how good flashbacks are. At the end of the chapter, Kaya smiles, the new crew members celebrate on their new ship, and the ex-kitty crew run through town yelling, pirates are coming. Thus ends the Black Cat Pirates mini-arc. Two new characters this volume, um, Bankina, I know it says Banchina online, it's pronounced Bankina according to the wiki. Um, this is Us- the name of Usopp's mom, who we just see in that flashback, she died when he was a kid. Um, there's also the Merry Go, and that's the ship. Is a ship a character? Yes, a ship is a character, and a very important character, as we will see later in the series. Chapter 42, Yosaku and Johnny. So this chapter opens with the drawing of the pirate flag of the Straw Hat Pirates. And now they have a ship and a flag. From here on out, I will acknowledge them and be referring to them as the Straw Hat Pirates. We did it, squad. We made it. Luffy is trying to hit a far-off rock with their new cannon. Usopp comes over and nails it on the first try. Luffy names him the Sharpshooter, so that's going to be his whole deal. Um, The crew are talking about what, like, ship position, which role in the crew they need to fill next. This ends, of course, with Luffy saying they need a musician instead of something more practical, um, which is going to be a long-running gag. And I think has already been established by this point. I think that was, like... Literally the first thing Luffy said after recruiting Zolo is we need a musician. Um, they are interrupted by an attack. A, a swordsman has gone on the ship and is, is smashing it up. Luffy comes out and kicks his ass in like a second. Zolo comes out and goes, oh, hey, it's Johnny. So Johnny and Yusaku were bounty hunters that Zolo used to work with. Yusaku got sick recently. They were resting at a rock when uh, the Straw Hats shot that rock with the cannon. Nami quickly diagnoses that Yusaku's condition is scurvy, um, you know, classic age of sail illness. So all of this leads the Straw Hat to conclude they need a ship's cook so they don't get scurvy, etc. Um, Johnny tells the crew the best place to find a cook would be the ocean-going restaurant, um, a ship or a restaurant that is a ship at sea. He mentions to Zolo that supposedly even that Hawkeye you were hunting goes there. Ooh, who could that be? So we had two new characters this chapter, Johnny and Yusaku, both um, Zolo's uh, former bounty hunting partners. Um, Yusaku is the one that almost died from scurvy. Chapter 43, Sanji. This chapter opens with some really great shots of the Mary on the open ocean and our first look at the ocean-going restaurant, the Barity. Um, Very cool ship design with kind of like a fish's mouth on one end and like, um, the tail and the other, and it's got like a mul- multiple kind of stacked deck thing. It's it's really unique in in through the series as a whole. I'm a big fan. 
Uh, a Navy ship is also approaching the Barity at the same time, and the captain, Lieutenant Fullbody, um, who has a metal fist, demands Luffy, or the captain of the, of the ship, identify themselves. Fullbody recognizes John and Yusaku as bounty hunters, and he's like, what are you doing a pirate ship? Have you been captured? Uh, they're offended by this, and they attack him, and they get immediately demolished. Um, as they get knocked down, their bounty posters fly everywhere, and Nami picks them up. There's one in particular she notices that seems to really upset her. Full body says he'll leave the Straw Hats alone because he's in a hurry to get to dinner, but then he has his crew fire a cannon at them anyway. Luffy jumps up, does his, puffs up like a balloon to deflect the cannonball, but then he accidentally deflects the cannonball over the Navy ship and into the restaurant, the Barity. We cut to Lieutenant Fullbody um, in the restaurant trying to be elegant and sophisticated with his dinner date by identifying the wine he's been served by taste and scent aroma alone. Fortunately, um, the, the person he arranged this with is not here, and instead um, they are being waited on by Sanji, who identifies himself as the assistant cook, all the waiters jump ship yesterday. He tells Fullbody that his wine... Um, name guess is dead wrong uh, humiliating the navy officer then we get to learn that luffy's redirected cannibal actually struck the head chef of the restaurant which is really not what you want to do the legendary chef zeph luffy is dragged to zeph um, zeph tells him that if he can't pay for the damages he has to work for free for a year back in the dining room lieutenant fullbody tries to get back at sanji who is now flirting with his date by yelling what's this fly doing in my soup um, Sanji does the classic. He appears to be doing the backstroke, and the whole restaurant cracks up. Um, full body goes nuts, smashes the table. Um, Sanji's, Sanji's face goes dark, and he says, That soup was fine. You could have just taken the bug out. Full body screams, He's a customer. You can't treat me like this. The final page of the chapter, we get this incredible panel of full body drenched in his own blood, being held up in the air by Sanji, who's gripping his head with a single hand. And the chapter, Sanji says, to offend a cook at sea is a fool's mistake, and food must never be wasted. Folks, we got six new characters this chapter. Now, several of them are background characters, and several of them are even background joke characters, who we will never hear from again. But I'm going to go through them, all of them anyway, because, um, you know, there's just less new characters these days. So the name of, so Bachi is the name of the fly in Lieutenant Fullbody's Soup. Um, so that's that's a character, baby. That's the level of thing we're talking about here. Uh, lieutenant Fullbody is the Navy lieutenant, of course, who shoots at the Straw Hat, picks a fight with Sanji. We just talked about him at length. Moody is the name of his date, who, you know, gets a few scenes. Um, Motzel is the name of a, literally a random dude in the restaurant. I don't know why he got a name, but whatever. Um, Sanji, of course, the assistant chef at the Barity. We're going to keep a close eye on this guy. I think he might be important later. And of course, uh, Chef Zeph, the head chef of the Barity, who wants to force Luffy to work a year to pay for the damage he's done. The final chapter of the volume, chapter 44, Three Tough Cooks. This chapter opens with some goofiness, um, you know, as One Piece chapters are, are want to do. Zeph wants Luffy to work for a year to pay for the damage to his ship slash restaurant. Luffy says he'll only work for a week. Zeph says Luffy can leave without working if he gives him one of his legs. Uh, Zeph has one leg and a peg leg on the other. Luffy refuses. Uh, Zeph stomps him through the floor into the main restaurant area. Both of them. But he stomps on him so hard they both fall through the floor. 
we meet Patty, a very goofy and enormous cook who is making very funny faces into um, in the bathroom, in the mirror, practicing his customer service voice. Um, he doesn't seem to be very good at it, but he doesn't matter because he doesn't know that. Um, Patty is talking to himself, going out to the floor. The customer is always right, that sort of thing. And then he sees Sanji holding full body up by his head, blood dripping down his body. He flips out because, you know, Sanji has assaulted yet another customer. Apparently this happens a lot. Sanji says the guy deserved it. Full body says he's going to get them shut down. Sanji flips out and is going to kill him for saying he's going to get them shut down. The other chefs and, and waiters and cooks and stuff hold Sanji back. Uh, Zeph and Luffy fall through the floor into the middle of this uh, this this fight. Um, Zeph sees that Sanji's attacked a customer again and kicks him in the face. Then he hears that Full Body was the guy that shot fired the cannon that got redirected into his restaurant. He kicks Full Body in the face. Everybody's like, damn, what a sicko. Um, in the middle of all this, one of Full Body's men runs in terrified and says that Jin of Krieg's Pirates has escaped. Before anyone can react beyond just, like, shock... Um, and like full body's like, what the fuck? That guy was starving to death three days ago, and we haven't fed him. Um, a man in sh- in mast and shadow shoots the sailor from behind. That man, beaten and bloody, limps into the restaurant. Coolly sits down in a chair with his feet up and asks to be fed. It's Jin. Jin is a cool dude. Look up what he looks like in the in the zine. As always, check out the zine in the podcast description or find it on Twitter. Um, Patty goes to serve Jin with the, to the shock and horror of everyone in the restaurant, but he also gives a very, uh, rude, unintentionally rude greeting. Um, it's just good stuff. Patty's very funny. Um, first he asks if Jin has any money. Jin, um, sticks a gun to Patty's head and says, do you take lead? Which is extremely good. Jin is a cool guy. Um, Patty um, has fucking two arms that are like giant meat hooks, and he just fucking double axe handles Jin and crumbles them, crumples them through the chair to the ground like he's nothing. Um, Jin, like he, Patty just keeps kicking Jin as he crawls away back to the like back deck of the restaurant. Says no, no, no money, no service. Um, Jin is curled up in a ball, like starving to death. Um, in the back deck somewhere, we see Sanji come and offer him some some old rice. Jin cries as he happily eats the rice with his bare hands. Sanji smiles and says, it's good, eh? And Luffy, looking from a deck above, um, says, I've found you, my cook. Four new characters this chapter. Jin, who we will learn more about in the, in the ensuing volumes. A member of Krieg's Pirates, whoever they are. Lines is a nobody character, but he's the name of the random crew member of Lieutenant Fullbody who runs into the restaurant, says Jin has escaped, and then gets shot by Jin immediately. Uh, Panda Man, he's a background Easter egg kind of joke character. He's a, a character that Oda created for a contest to create a character for the legendary pro wrestling ma- manga uh, Kanikuman. I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, so he's yeah a recurring joke character that, that Oda likes to throw into places. And lastly, Patty, a cook on the Barity. We love Patty. He's going to be around for this next mini arc. So that's all the chapters. Um, now we're going to get into our, our segments and awards for this, this volume. Quite the volume, honestly. Um, first up is the 8 million Berry Bounty Award for Best Chapter. The winner is Chapter 41, To the Sea. 
so I just this is a um, this is just a favorite chapter of mine. Um, you know, there, it doesn't have the action that some of the other chapters have. It doesn't have the cool character debuts of guys like Jin and Sanji, but it does have um, the debut of the Merry Go, which is a huge moment for the series. It has the comedy of Usopp um, rolling down the hill and going, this is nothing, with blood dripping down his face, but I love, I think that's a very funny and just like iconic Usopp moment. Um, and it has Usopp's tragic backstory, which they saved to the very, literally the last possible moment of his day of his, you know, debut arc or mini arc, um, which is, you know, it's like two pages and it's so sad. And it's like rereading that is one of the things that made me go like, you know, one of the things about one piece that about like doing this podcast is I always worried that these opening volumes, there might not be enough there to, to keep me going, which, you know, you've already noticed that I'm a month behind or more, but that's not because that's not because of the content. That's more just because of life. But um, I kind of worried that there wasn't enough in these opening volumes to keep me going up to when we start getting into really more interesting stuff. But no. This 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 chapter and that two page Usopp backstory really convinced me to do this podcast originally and and it owns it's really good so yeah that's my winner for best um best chapter the two um runners up are chapter 40 usopp's pirate crew you know that has the end of the kuro luffy fight which is pretty sick has luffy um being like you know the iconic moment of luffy flinging him down the hill saying take your trash out of here the little cute moment with Nami and Luffy. It has Usopp disbanding his little kitty crew, which is cute. So that's a great, that's a great chapter. And then the other runner-up is chapter forty-three, Sanji, um, which has the debut of Sanji, and it's pretty sick. Next up is dreams. Let's talk about some dreams. So we got the recap. Luffy said, "I'm going to be the king of the pirates." So that's great. We can check that one off. We got that again. We did it four uh, smaller dreams, but still cool and valuable dreams um which is the three members of the kitty crew carrot wants to run a tavern pepper wants to be a master carpenter onion wants to write novels usopp tells them never to give up in their dreams and they swear not to give up in their dreams it's great and kaya is her dream is to be she mentions in in this in her final kind of part of this arc her dream is to become a doctor which given her chronic illness you know throughout the which she is, I guess, no longer, she's cured of by the end, but, you know, it makes sense given her backstory, and, and also, you know, the story about Usopp's mom dying of, of illness makes perfect sense, and so I really love that, you know, Usopp's dream is to, to go out to sea and become a great, um, you know, a brave warrior of the sea, and that's like this heroic and, and uh, dream, and Luffy has this heroic dream, and, and Zolo has a heroic dream, but um, we also get these ordinary dreams. You know, not ordinary. Like it's, not, it's hard to become a doctor. It's hard to write novels. It's hard to run a tavern. It's, it's hard to be a master carpenter. But these are goals that could be achieved by normal people. Um, and they're treated as with, with the same importance um, by, the, by a main character, Usopp. And that owns. That's, I think, one of the things that makes this series so resonant is that it's not really as important what your dream is. It's more important that you stick to it and you treat it as important. 
Uh, okay, flashbacks. We got two flashbacks. We got um, Kuro flashing back the origin of his three-year plan. This is like is a little bit cool because it like shows Kuro being a super badass. Gives us a little bit of lore about Captain Morgan, which you know who cares, but whatever. Uh, it gets like zero tearjerkers because <laughs> zero tears, zero zero tearjerker meter, nothing. Um, the other flashback is Mary telling Kaya about the origin of why Usopp became the big teller of tall tales, the boy who cried wolf, boy who cried pirates. Um, you know, it's that he he wanted he was telling his mom before she died that his dad was coming back and he had a he had a miracle cure that was going to cure her her disease. He was going to save her, and that's pirates are coming. Meant pirates are his father, and they're here to save his mom and take him away from here and give him a beautiful life and. That's so sad. That is like such a tearjerker. And for the rest of his life, he yelled, pirates are coming because he wanted it to be true. Damn, that's that's fucking wild. Um, so yeah, that's, I forgot what my meter is. It's like 10,000, right? Okay, 10,000 out of 10,000 tearjerkers, tears. Heartstring pull, heartstring tugs? I think that was it, heartstring pulls. 10,000 out of 10,000, we did it, team. This is the This is the peak. Anything else that reaches this, you know? Anything that's better than this is going to be over 100%, which I love also. I like that. I'm looking forward to that. Okay, Faction Corner. Um, so the factions we saw this volume, the Black Cat Pirates, um, you know, were defeated. Um, they're, they don't seem so tough after all. Luffy beat um, Kuro kind of handily. Django is kind of, you know, easily the wimpiest first mate we've seen so far, I think. I don't think Django could do much against uh, Richie and uh, Moji. So, yeah, big wimp. Um, so that's the Black Cat Pirates. They got their asses kicked. The Straw Hat Pirates, I'm calling this their debut, even though obviously all of the members have been around from literally the beginning because they're the main characters. But listen, this is the volume where they got a ship and a flag. And so for me, that's you're a pirate. You're a real pirate crew now. Straw Hat Pirates debut. Great stuff. Um, you know, there are four members strong. They got a ship. Cool. Um, the Navy, we, we saw a little bit about um, Captain Morgan's origins. So that was some Navy presence. And then we saw Lieutenant Fullbody, who seems like a real dipshit. Um, you know, the Navy still being portrayed as fairly villainous. Um, not good dudes. So that's the Navy. And then the Krieg Pirates, we know about this Jin guy. We know next to nothing about him, except that he's still dangerous even when he's starving. Um, and for some reason, he is starving. You know, he, if he's a member of the Creek Pirates, what happened? What, what's the deal? So hope, we'll, I'm sure we'll find more more in uh, Volume 6. Um, the, it's time for the Oda's Guys and Gals Award for Best Character. So I'm going to do it. Putting the hammer down. The winner of Best Character for Volume 5, For Whom the Bell Tolls, is Usopp. Congrats to Usopp. Um, he really earned it. He really deserved it. It's going to be... A very long time, if ever, for him to ever win this award again. But I think the emotional stuff with him in the final couple chapters of the the Black Cat Pirates arc before it transitions to the Barity stuff. Um, so that'd be chapters forty and forty one. Um, you know the stuff with him disbanding his crew and um, the him him leaving and his tragic backstory and also. Um, even the stuff earlier where he's trying so hard to save Kaya, even though, you know, he's totally outclassed. Um, yeah, so that's that's Usopp. Congrats to Usopp. 
Um, our runners up are Luffy, who has some really great um, action and, you know, all around. He has action. He has great hero, heroic dialogue in the first few um, chapters. And then he has some great comedic moments in the back half of the volume. You know, he, he's a very strong runner up here. Easily could have could have flipped him, but I think Usopp, you know, um, you know, this is just more of the same for Luffy. We know we know Luffy's deal. This is a great big nice debut for Usopp. So so far we have no two time winners, but I'm sure Luffy's gonna get there sooner rather than later. My second runner up is Sanji. Um Sanji has a great debut here. Um you know, love to see a guy getting picked up by his face, blood dripping everywhere. That shit owns. Oda's beautiful beasts. Um, well, I don't, is a bug an animal? I don't care. Bachi, the fly in the soup. Congrats to Bachi. Um, I hope you survived the um, soup getting thrown on the floor and the table getting smashed. Bachi, our hero. Lauren world building. So... This is the lore and worldbuilding section of the podcast. Um, as I've mentioned a few times, let me point out one more time that the um, guy that Django hypnotized to think he had captured Kiro way back in the flashback was actually Captain Morgan from Volume 1. So there you go. There. Um, we got a follow-up, as I mentioned, on this little micro background thing of Luffy always wanting an extra member to be a musician. And then um, notice that Nami had a like strange reaction to seeing those bounty posters that Johnny and Yusaku spilled everywhere. So interesting to see how soon that that is going to be picked up on. We don't really know too much about Nami's backstory. She hasn't gotten any flashbacks yet. I wonder, wonder where that's going to come up. Also, um, just to hit on the, um, the little story that gets told in the cover uh, chapter... Chapter title pages. Um, so we've gotten some buggy stuff going on. Um, we saw Richie and and um, or no, Richie's the lion. Moji and um, the other the unicycle guy having a run for their lives from the town after the battle. We see Buggy fucking around on an island because um, he's little now because all of his limbs got tied together somewhere. Um, if you remember, Nami tied all his limbs together way back in the in the buggy arc. And, and his little, now he's like just two hands, two feet, and a head rock waddling around. Um, there's an extended bit of him alternately trying to catch and then run away from a giant bird that wants to eat him. The bird tries to eat him and ends up spitting him out. And wouldn't you know it, he lands on a Gaimon's island um, from, you know, the island with all the weird mixed up animals. So interested to follow that mini storyline through the next few volumes. Who knows where Buggy will pop up again. All right, folks, um, it's time for the final segment of the program. Next time on who are Jin and the Krieg pirates and what is their deal? We'll find out next time on. Will Sanji agree to join the Straw Hat Pirates? We'll find out next time on. Who is this Hawkeye guy that Zolo was hunting that sometimes goes to the ocean-going restaurant, the Berity? We'll find out next time on. Okay, that's the program, folks. Thank you very much for listening. Um, please check out the zine where I uh, highlight some of the best art from the volume. 
Um, you can find it. There's a link in the description of this episode. It's also on my Twitter. Um, you can find that Twitter at the One Piece Zone, um, one word spelt like the One Piece Zone, um, or uh, my personal Twitter at Alex Ron Johnston. Um, it'll be linked there as well, and as well as the podcast updates and just general One Piece stuff. And my personal Twitter will have all sorts of things on it because I tweet about lots of stuff. As always, please, please reach out to me um, if you just have any questions or comments about the show. I would really love some feedback. Um, I know this show is very heavy on recap of the material. The reason it's like that is because I, you know, don't know how many people listen. We're going to listen to this show, and I have some friends that were interested in maybe like you know learning about One Piece, but didn't want to necessarily read along um, because that's a big time commitment, which you know I can understand. So I have a lot of um, plot recap just to keep it um, legible and followable for people who are not reading. Um, but I would love to hear if people would like less of that and maybe more discussion of, um, you know, things like themes, um, big takeaways, you know, things like that. I think there's some things I think, some different approaches that I think could be more interesting. And I may end up experimenting with stuff like that as we go on. You know, it's still... As much as it's, you know, I'm only five episodes in and, and, you know, some of those episodes have been far apart, but, um, you know, it's early days and I, I think I'd like to experiment a bit more with, with the form, but, you know, if you really like it as it is, uh, please reach out and let me know, but, but if you're, if you have some ideas or you think it would benefit from less, uh, recap, please reach out and let me know that as well. Um, now, I will not give a date for the next episode just because I have been so bad at keeping up with my, with, with, um, with my promised deadlines. Uh, I'm going to do my best to get it out by the end of June or early July, but, you know, keep an eye out. It'll turn up when it turns up. Um, the next episode will, of course, be covering Volume 6, The Oath. Um, there may be a bit of a side episode coming out either bef- like before that or immediately after that with, with, with one of my friends talking about... Um, Talking about how this series has gone so far, you know, we're we're about halfway through the first arc of the the first real arc of the series, um, and so yeah, I I'm thinking about doing some sort of mini recap episode and just a discussion of of um, the first five volumes, first six volumes, you know, we'll we'll see how it goes. So keep your eyes posted for that, um, and thank you all so much for listening. You are now exiting the One Piece Zone. <laughs>